Welcome to US Rail Journeys, Series 3. It's been a long time coming, but with the easing of travel restrictions, I have been able to make the journeys I had originally planned for the spring of 2020. Join me as I travel 6,684 miles with Amtrak across the United States. First, I take the Silver Star from Miami to New York, then the Crescent from New York to New Orleans. Next, I take the Texas Eagle from Los Angeles via San Antonio to Chicago. Then it's the Lakeshore Limited from Chicago to New York. And finally, the Acela from New York up to Boston. Episode 19, Los Angeles. Another day, another Uber. This one took me to the Louis Armstrong New Orleans Airport for my flights to Los Angeles. The first to Dallas-Fort Worth and a second one on to LAX. By the mid-1930s, the municipal airport on the south shore of Lake Pontchartrain wasn't big enough to service the city's growing air transport needs. Expansion of the lakefront facilities was considered too costly, and a site at Moissant Field was chosen. Before construction started, the United States entered World War II, and the land at Moissant Field was taken over for use as an airbase. In 1946, commercial flights began at Moissant Field, the site named after the aviation pioneer John Bevins Moissant. By January 1947, the airport was one of the largest commercial airports in the United States. It covered 1,360 acres with three 5,000-foot runways and one 7,000-foot runway. In 1959, a new terminal and two new concourses opened, and the name changed in 1960 from Moissant Field to the New Orleans International Airport. In 1974, two new concourses opened to the east end of the main terminal. That brought the number of gates to 42. In August 2001, the airport's name was changed to the Louis Armstrong New Orleans International Airport in honour of the musician's 100th birthday. Following Hurricane Katrina in August 2005, the airport played a vital role in evacuating over 30,000 people to safety. For three days, it was the busiest airport in the world. You might wonder why the three-letter identifier for Louis Armstrong New Orleans International Airport is MSY. 
It stands for Moistened Stockyards. I flew from New Orleans to Los Angeles with American Airlines. After collecting my bag from the carousel, I took a flyaway coach into Los Angeles Union Station. And then I had a short taxi ride to my hotel, the Doubletree in downtown Los Angeles. I'd used this hotel on my last visit, so that I knew that it is both comfortable and in a good location. My hotel is in downtown, and so I thought I would go out for a walk today. The sun is shining, but at least we don't have the humidity of Florida and Louisiana. This is a reasonably dry heat. One of the things that I've always wanted to see in Los Angeles is the Angels Flight, which features in so many programs that you see from Los Angeles, be they police, be they Los Angeles as a city. It's a funicular, but sadly, the upper station is being repaired at the current time. I believe they're putting a new roof on, which means it's closed. At least I've seen it, even if it isn't moving. On my way here, I passed an amazing building with a painting of a man in a suit on it, advertising what I assume must be his clothing company. It's a beautiful but busy Friday afternoon, and I suspect that people are starting to wind down for the holiday weekend because Monday is the 4th of July. That, I believe, is Independence Day. Just across the road from the Angels' flight is what is called the Grand Central Market. I assume that once upon a time it must have been a really big market area. However, these days, in whichever direction I look, it's full of food outlets, whether they be coffee, whether they be beer, whether they be the China's Cafe selling chop suey and chow mein, or Filipino rice bowls pizza it's all here I think I'm going to take a coffee and then see where else I get to I wandered further down the market and yes there are lots and lots of places where you can eat and drink all kinds of foods every kinds of foods it's probably one of the most cosmopolitan places I've seen if you don't want to eat now then you can buy the ingredients for tonight's meal very easily there's fruit, there's vegetables, and this amazing stall with dried fruits of all kind, dried vegetables of all kind, chilies, rices, chipotle, beans of all kinds. It is stunning. And the smell coming from all those products, the scent of the herbs, the spices, it's absolutely gorgeous. The longest queue I've seen is for fine ice creams, 100% made from scratch. There are people queuing for about 30 yards to get a couple of scoops. 
And as I walk through the market to the other side, which is the next street down, I've come across every kind of Asian food you can imagine. And now we're down to sausages, Berlin currywurst. There's literally everything for every taste. Whether you want fast food, whether you want something slightly better and more wholesome, it's all here. The strap on the watch that I keep as a spare has broken. So I've come down to the jewellery quarter in Los Angeles to find one of the many watch repairers who claims to be open this afternoon. Every single watch repairer that I've been to is closed ahead of the Independence Day celebrations on Monday. Whereas all the jewellers... And you can buy loose diamonds, they'll cut them for you. They're all open. But I have to say down here, it is quite spectacular. Some of the old buildings surrounded by the modern skyscrapers. This certainly is a much more interesting city than many people would suspect. According to the metro stop, I'm at Pershing Square, which is quite magnificent. Pershing Square, where is it? It's just off Hill Street. I'm now at Union Station in Los Angeles, probably my favourite station in the whole of the United States. Though I have to say the Santa Fe station in San Diego is also a beautiful station. Chicago has its magnificence, but this just has a feel of warmth. And I've stopped off for a glass of wine in Tracks, which is a lovely bar here on the station. It's a genuine bar. It's a bar that looks after its customers. So if ever you're going through Los Angeles Union Station, just remember that Tracks is a good way to stop off and have a reviver. Now, of course, I can't claim to be bringing tracks to the world of those of you who've never been to Los Angeles because I believe Mr. Portello was here as well and had a nice cocktail on one of his US rail journeys. This is the longest leg of our journey. And according to one of my sources, we will travel 2,728 miles before we reach Union Station in Chicago on a journey that is expected to take about 62 hours. The service from Los Angeles runs three times a week to coincide with the Sunset Limited schedule, whereas the San Antonio to Chicago part of the route runs daily. I appreciate that I will be revisiting some stations that I visited on the Sunset Limited in Series 2 but I'm passing through many of them during the night on this journey, whereas last time it was during the day. Or, of course, the reverse. I've been looking at some statistics from 2019, and the Texas Eagle was on time in California 28.5% of the time. The Sunset Limited was the worst performer at 14.9%. Our departure time from Los Angeles is 10pm though I've been told that boarding time is nearer 9pm 
El Pueblo de Nuestra Señora de la Reine de Los Angeles was founded in 1781. The station is a wonderful blend of Spanish and Art Deco styles, reflecting both the city's early heritage and its great film tradition. It opened in 1939 and was the last of the great Union stations that served multiple railway companies. Across from the station is Olvera Street, a colourful historic district that marks the site of the original village. We're leaving a city known as Tinseltown that generates much popular entertainment, which is the base of its international fame and global status. It's the home to people from more than 140 countries, and they speak over 200 different languages. Our passengers may have transferred from the Pacific Surfliner, Metrolink commuter trains from other Southern California communities, and the MTA Red Subway or Gold Light rail lines from other parts of the city. They might even have taken the flyaway bus from the airport. As I said in series two, this Union Station is beautiful, it has a lovely history. And even though it's now three years later, so little has changed. It appears it's time to board the train. Though whether it be in the platform or not is a different matter. Anyway, we've been told to go out to the car park at the back. Opposite me there's a Metrolink train and a golf buggy is taking some of the passengers. We shall see what happens. So the golf cart has taken me to the train, which is in the station. That's an improvement on some previous journeys I've taken. And it also tells me that the waste tank is empty, which is probably a good sign. So where I'm stood, which is right at the back of the train, there is just this long set of silver carriages. On what is a mild evening, with a gentle wind blowing. So hopefully, this is the start of a lovely journey by train. Meanwhile, on the platform on the other side, there is another train coming in. It's quite busy here on the platform tonight. Lots of baggage carts hurtling down the platform. But this is very much the end of the line. I'm right at the back of the train in the very last carriage. Man seems to have just appeared. He's getting some steps so people can easily get on the train. Time now is 8.57. Our departure is in one hour and three minutes. I'm assuming that the train that's just come in 
is the Coast Starlight. The sound of the power of the GE Genesis locomotives. It's 9.09pm. So we got 50 minutes to our departure time. So I'm just taking a walk down the platform, passing the third car, and on to the fourth car of the train. Okay, they're gonna have you in the safety Person with a bicycle. I'm not sure if he's going to be into fitness whilst on the train, or that's how he got to the station and will be cycling away when he gets to his destination. It looks like I've got as far as the cafe car. Very like the cafe car, the lounge car, yes. With the high windows. Such a wonderful place to spend most of the trip. We've got a relief person looking after us in our carriage. Apparently a relative of one of the crew was taken ill a short while ago and they've had to go and they had to bring somebody in on their Sunday evening. What a great pity. And now I've reached the baggage car, the front of the train, apart from, of course, the two G Genesis diesel locomotives that will be taking us all the way to San Antonio. Then these two diesels will continue to New Orleans and we'll be shunted onto the back of the rest of the Texas Eagle. So we've got locomotives 176 and 163 from the fleet idling away here at the station. I have to say that this is all a lot more efficient than when I took the Southwest Chief from here three years ago. Seems to be a very nice brand new platform. Three years ago, the Southwest Chief was delayed backing into the station. But tonight, everything seems to be ready for our journey. A total of seven coaches, and that includes the observation car and the dining car. Somewhat shorter than the Silver Star that I took just over a week ago. It is a completely cloudless night. I can see the aircraft going into Los Angeles International Airport, LAX. It's almost as if it's trying to say goodbye to me. Across there is a sign illuminated, Doubletree by Hilton, where I've just spent three nights. This is a friendly city. Yes, it has its problems. But I found so many people who have can do, want to do, and are nice to you. I've enjoyed my time here in Los Angeles. I know I've been very lazy. I've gone out for walks. I found one or two really lovely places. I haven't stretched it, but it's been fun. The US Rail Journeys podcasts are produced and published by the Mr. T Podcast Studio. Thank you very much for listening, and please join me again in a couple of weeks for the next instalment. <laughs>